Welcome to Lizzie Cooperman's In Your Hands. I'm Lizzie, and this is an experiment where you determine the course of my life. The show now comes out every other Thursday. That's when you listen, then you go to my Instagram stories and exercise your right to vote. I get the results the next day, and I take action, moving my life toward sheer ecstasy, or in many cases, decorating it with utter chaos. I'm telling you now, up top, the next episode is the one-year anniversary of this experiment, and I need to know whether or not you think I should continue on with it. So I'm putting the next episode, the one that comes out two weeks from now, where the show has been all along, and that is entirely in your hands. Sorcerers, I have set up a Google Voice number, I have mastered the technology, and I'm asking that you leave a message and voice your thoughts on this. True sorcery in action. That number is 323-389-5156. I ask that you speak clearly, and I would prefer for you not to be wishy-washy, you know, like, do what brings you happiness. I don't want that. I want to hear yes or no. And to help you out, I feel like I should give you a little bit of information. And by the way, this is a normal episode with two options that I love on the horizon. I just want to get some of these cold hard facts out of the way so that you can leave an educated message. Um, the best part of this, its it sounds so cliche to go, was you. It was you. It was the sorcerer's. I also love have loved having guests on, getting to reconnect with old friends and having new people on. I've also had some of my favorite people in comedy on the planet on this podcast. And the Patreon, which has carried me through this, Lauren Passell, who you voted for me to work with, and then some really nice accolades. And I'm saying this because I don't I don't want to suck the joy out of this. I was so delighted. I know that's a teacher word. It was a delight to have all of you in class. It was thrilling to be featured on Apple and Spotify at number one on Pocket Casts and on that a morning show in Portland. And it all felt like a real collaboration with all of you. So that said, there are some facts to lay bare. <laughs> I am a popper. I'm I'm not a napo baby and this is a this is a full-time job that does not pay. I I'm telling you this in the name of transparency that this entire year I made aside from the small but mighty Patreon a total of $200. And I uh, my life was in complete, complete upheaval. I you know you've been following the show. And I'm not saying I have not loved certain aspects of this, but my contract with the network is up and we're not renewing it. So this is definitely the biggest crossroads we've faced in Lizzie Cooperman's In Your Hands history. And this is the final episode recorded in studio. But please call in with your thoughts. I pray that you do. You can do it anonymously, but I, I most likely will be using the recordings on the show. Again, that phone number is 323-389-5156. 
And or you can send me a voice memo to lizziecooperman at gmail.com. And I ask that that when you leave the message, speak so slowly and clearly that it's demeaning to my intelligence. And now let's dial into the past. Last week, you had a choice between Desert Holiday and MFA, and you voted Desert Holiday. Sorcerers, I am. I come to you fresh from the desert, fresh from Palm Springs. I drove out there. I had a glass of wine with Anthony on his patio. It was lovely. And then um, the next morning, I went into his garage to see if he had a uh, washer dryer because I realized my workout clothes were dirty. And the wind sucked the door behind me and I was locked out. This was my first day in Palm Springs. Luckily, I did have my phone on me. I called a locksmith um, who only took Zell and he got the door open. But as he was leaving, and this is like a community, so I guess like three different homes shared this driveway, his tire went completely flat. And I said, oh my God, do you want me to call AAA? And he's like, oh no, I think I have a spare. I'm good. And a couple hours later, Anthony texted me, is there someone in the driveway? And I went out there and he was still there. Turns out there was there was some neighborhood chatter. This is the kind of thing in this neighborhood that makes front page news. Like neighbors were calling each other. Two men came over. I'm going to say their names because I love them so much. Craig and Jean. And they helped out this guy for hours. This guy's friend came, was essentially useless. Craig and Jean were like, what if you try this? Do you need this? Craig offered to drive this locksmith to AutoZone and ended up taking him there. The guy was like, oh, no, 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 thank you. And Craig goes, why not? My car is right over there. It's no problem. I actually have a new New Year's resolution, and it's be more like Craig. Because the guy was not that grateful And it didn't change Craig's demeanor one bit. He still was just walking sunshine. And then at a certain point, Craig came out of his house with a card for me on top of a stack of magazines. The cards, you know, the envelope said Lizzie and inside was some cash from him and his partner. And and he said, have dinner on us. And I actually was just blown away. So I have to say, Craig was kind of the highlight I am. I'm a Craighead. I did really have a lovely time. I ate a lot of um, kettle-cooked, crinkle-cut chips. And I actually watched the movie that Tig was in. She was so, so funny in it. And I went on a lot of walks. And then I drove home in a hailstorm because I had to be back at Victoria's Secret where I did, in fact, get a promotional bra. I am coming to you. I am recording this in the incredible wireless push-up. If you want to look it up, it's very utilitarian, and I feel that it will it will guide me and aid in my delivery of the present. This week's episode is called Magic Mushrooms, Magic Act. I was chatting with a friend who has never, had never really done drugs in his life. And he told me he did a small amount of mushrooms and really enjoyed them. And I thought, maybe it's time to break this a pointless, I guess, rule I've had or definition of myself that just says, I don't do that. I've never partaken in any kind of psychedelic. Um, I did try once in college and it didn't take. We talk about that with my guests. But I was just thinking, 
Well, this is kind of like the MFA where it's almost based on the looming prospect of death. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to let myself see brighter colors for an hour. Why, why will I not allow myself one heightened sensory experience um, derived from a mushroom? As a vegetable also, I just started warming up to mushrooms. I have the Trader Joe's mushroom medley in my freezer as we speak. So this would be setting a day aside to have just a very light and hopefully elevating fungal experience. So that option is magic mushrooms. The other choice this week is magic act. A couple weeks ago, I was on the phone with my friend Elizabeth Messick. She's a really talented magician. And she suggested, she had the idea that I incorporate some magic into my act. And I was intrigued at the time. I I feel like it would it wouldn't just enhance my potential as a performer but but more so even just the potential of each performance like bringing in this almost mismatched level of spectacle i really do love that it, that idea i did by the way kind of figure out what the trick would be um in my conversation with elizabeth I don't want to reveal it here because I want, if you vote Magic Act, to show you when I have the video. And then you and then you can witness this when, when journalists are like, they met on the world stage. Sorcerers, you will see this, this magic trick on the world stage for the very first time. Yeah, don't worry. The trick, the trick would not be setting myself on fire. That is now officially off the table. So those are the two options. Magic Mushrooms and magic act. Of course, I spoke to some really amazing experts. The first one is, I might call him a schedule one pharmacist for himself, only for himself. Um, This is Nico. I'm so curious, what is your relationship to mushrooms? Okay, so currently my relationship is, uh, well, I I microdose since we're Speaking specifically about microdosing, I do microdose uh, on a weekly basis. Oh. Uh, I follow the Stamets protocol. I find that that's that's a good one, which is five days on, two days off, and then you stack uh, the psilocybin with uh, lion's mane and niacin. Okay, uh, wait, time out. Niacin is the the flush, right? You take a niacin pill and it... Correct. Okay, because I did that once before I got on a treadmill and I thought I was having a full-on heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're... Yes, it, your body gets used to it. Okay, so how do you know you're microdosing and not macrodosing? Is Does it come in a certain pill or is there a Weight Watchers scale or anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you get the, uh, <laughs> it's right next to the beef. Okay. <laughs> like the beef cutlet. A microdose is not really intended to have a psychotropic or psychedelic effect or hallucinogenic okay. effect. I think people, different people would delineate where that threshold is okay. you know, differently. But to me, it's over 200 is about right. Like that's starting to push into macrodose territory. Okay. And what's a good thing to do while you're microdosing? Do you journal? Do you you stroll around Joanne Fabrics? (laughs) You're probably thinking of 
about something more intense than, but also it depends. Look, everybody's different. Everybody has different tolerances. Uh, everybody has different experiences with the medicine. Everybody has, you know, I've, I've been, I've been using, uh, drugs and or medicines for a long time. Mm. So, uh, it doesn't like the microdose doesn't, doesn't really do much for me. Like maybe I'll get a little body high and just kind of feel, ah, or, you know, everything, uh, everything is more manageable. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've been working a lot lately, so I, I, I still do it and I'm on set and I'm fine. You know, I, I make my own capsules. So <gasps> it's just very easy to dose. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't believe I'm talking to an actual capsule maker. <laughs> You it's actually. Really you can just order this stuff on Amazon. Are we talking a bullet blender? Are we talking Vitamix? Uh, I I have an old bullet blender. I do it in that. If I wanted to get a microdose capsule, could I buy one from you? Sure. Wow! I have a drug dealer now. <laughs> Wait, Nico. Can you tell me? I'm so curious. Is can you tell me an epiphany you've had on mushrooms? An epiphany, oh gosh. Uh, uh, I mean, um, I nothing's, nothing's coming mm. up to the surface right now. An epiphany I've had on mushrooms. Uh, I mean, I, the last time I took them and, uh, and had like a really huge experience outside of a ceremony, I was like on a whole sacred quest for water. <laughs> I went on my, I was at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery watching Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey and I took too many mushrooms and just fucking took off, <laughs> just like left, <laughs> went on a sacred quest for water that only made sense in my mind. You know, I thought it was, oh you know, when I, when I thought when I was done, it was like seven in the morning. No, it only two or three hours had elapsed. Now, do you think it's good to start out small and then eventually do a full experience and then I buy the farm? Uh, yeah, probably. I would just ramp up. If you, like I do, are you an experienced uh, drug user? Of no, not at all. No. Yeah, so I would definitely start small ramp up. Okay. Like not even marijuana? I mean, I sometimes take edibles, but to sleep and stuff like that. Not really. Sometimes. Okay. Very rarely. Okay. Yeah. Now that you're my dealer, will you please get a pager? <laughs> are you gonna buy I'll trade you a pager for capsules. <laughs> deal. Many thanks to Nico. And next, I had the opportunity to talk to my magician friend herself, the siren of magic, Elizabeth Messick. Okay, Elizabeth, we spoke a few weeks ago about the possibility of adding some magic, inserting a spark into my stand-up act. Yes, ma'am. If they vote magic act, will you help me with just figuring out one element of magic to put into my into my comedy? Of course. You would be an amazing magician, and I would <laughs> love to help you with that. Would that qualify me as a magician? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think so. Or like a dabbler, an apprentice. I think so. I mean, if you can do magic and fool people, then mm. you're a magician. Like, even if it's just one trick, to me... Like, if it's done well, then yeah. It means that you can learn more magic and, and perform. Because honestly, magic is like 90% performance mm. and 10% like slide hand or, you know, 
right. trick or whatever. Because you I, have to mm. convince the audience that this magic is real. And you're really good at performing. Elizabeth, I was watching some videos before I called you, and they're, hand, they're gesturing. It's like immaculate. A pinching motion, and then they would turn their fingers, like, rotate the hand. <laughs> well, what I imagined for you is not necessarily like press to digitation or sleight of hand. What I imagined for you is more mentalism, mm-hmm. which doesn't really require much sleight of hand. It's more about like... Um, techniques on like how to read the mind I don't want to really give too much away but it's more about mind stuff than it is sleight of hand if that makes sense okay got it uh-huh I am and, and I think yeah. you're really good at connecting with the, the audience and I um with your character I think it'd be really good for mentalism but just starting out for this what if I were to do something because I I usually bring my set list on stage and it ends up totally crumpled up at the end and I was thinking maybe there's something I could do like for my closer where I turn it into something Ooh. okay actually you know what's funny is the first thing I thought about was uh, sometimes magicians will crumple up a piece of paper, and in the piece of paper is actually prediction, like the number four or something like that. And let's say an audience member um, rolls a dice, and then they, they land on four, and it's like, actually open up this piece of paper, <gasps> what's inside, blah, blah, rolls a four. Can, yes. can I ask you, with magic, when you start out at least, do, do people normally like purchase the tricks like you get all the pieces and learn how to do it or do you see a trick and you know become inspired and make your own modifications like I'm gonna make a bitcoin disappear (laughs) (laughs) well it really depends on what you're trying to do and everyone's journey is super super different so you can start by purchasing a trick uh on like a magic website that you think looks really cool Mm -hmm. or you can start reading books or watching uh, YouTube videos of how to do certain magic maneuvers. Like if you want to start with cards, you don't need to buy any gimmicks or anything like that. You just start learning card moves. Um, There's also at the Magic Castle, they have a a magic university where you can learn there. Um, It really depends on what kind of learner you are. Oh my God. What kind of degree do you get from the Magic University? A magic degree. Oh, my God. <laughs> An MFA. It's like a, like a certificate of magic uh, university completion. You literally sign a contract that says, I will not teach muggles how magic works. Oh. Kind of thing. Yeah. Which is a good scapegoat because if someone's like, how do you do that? And a lot of people get mad when I don't tell them, but I'm like, oh, I signed a contract where I'm not allowed to. Right. And you actually put the energy in and you did the thing. I know. I hate it when people get mad. It's like, dude, I've spent years perfecting my craft. I'm not just going to tell you. Right. Do you have any advice for people out there looking to get into magic? Yeah, the advice is... Take everyone's unsolicited advice with a grain of salt. Mm. Because you will get a lot of it, especially as a woman in magic or a minority in magic. 
you'll get a lot of unsolicited advice and um it's kind of like a tough Mm. um thing to get into because people are so uh secretive and precious about Mm -hmm. magic so it like takes a little bit a little while to gain some sort of respect but like just keep going, keep persevering, keep pushing through because you will get that respect. And the more you show up and the more you you show people that you're learning and you're willing to learn and put in the work, then you'll be totally fine. And also, if you reach out to me, I'm very nice and will, like, help you and not judge you and not make you feel bad about wanting to learn magic. Yeah, I, I just think uh, the magic needs more Lizzie magic... The magic community needs more Lizzie Coopermans in its world. Elizabeth, l- let me also ask you, how many birds do you think are in Magic Castle at any given moment? <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, that's it. I don't do any animal magic, mm-hmm. but it really depends on the week. Um, but I've seen like... 20 birds on one person before and um my boyfriend eric he's a magician as well and his dad was a magician and he grew up with a bunch of doves that was like his pet that is wild how do you know they're okay to how do you know they don't have ibs like on the day that they have to perform that's a question for a bird magician okay okay (laughs) Elizabeth, thank you so much. And tell me, tell people where they can find you. They can find me on Instagram at Siren of Magic or at The Cosmic Romantics. Uh, that's my uh, vaudeville magic act with my boyfriend. DM me if you want to learn magic. Elizabeth, thank you so much for doing this. Before we move on, I want to let you know I will have the full interviews with both of those experts along with bonus clips from this next segment available to you on the Patreon. And now for my guests. Okay, this week I have two-time Emmy Award-winning writer. He's written for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver... The Jim Jeffries Show, Best Week Ever, and he was the head writer on Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell. It's Kevin Avery. Hey. Hello. How are you? That is me. Not well. <laughs> <laughs> Just started off on a down note. Oh, wow. Right. Um, my other mind-blowing guest uh, this week was one of Variety's 10 Comics to Watch and Vultures Comedians You Should and Will Know in 2020. She's a creator and was the host of Comedy Crossing, which was a show held inside the Animal Crossing video game. Listen, it was early pandemic. It's incredible. <laughs> it was amazing. It was Jenny, amazing. that's so inventive. It was actually amazing, yes. I can't even believe it. And you were also, like I'm telling you, guess what? You were also featured on a documentary Ooh, yeah. called Why We Laugh, Funny Women. Ooh, that's a deep cut. You went deep. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Impressive. That Impressive was, research. I know. I love that. What was that one? That was with uh, Joan Rivers. Oh, my Rest goodness. Rest in peace. Yeah, she was the executive producer. She was talking to, you know, comedians wow. of the female persuasion. And I had only I just this. started stand-up comedy, and a hundred percent Margaret Cho wasn't available. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like a hundred percent. I barely started stand-up, and she's like, "Come on in." Wow. <laughs> Do you know when Joan Rivers died? I was working at E, and 
Yeah. It was insane. And everyone's like, oh my gosh. It was a big deal, like, that we didn't break the story or whatever, because oh. she had a show oh, on Eve or yeah. Fashion Police or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'll never forget this this um, woman, this publicist came into the office. She was like, Joan died. Oh. And we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she goes, she wasn't just a friend. She was a client. Oh. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, it's supposed to be the, the other way around. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, you don't Oops. know how much this means. I also made yeah. $20,000. My life is over. <laughs> her life was over first, and now my life is right, over right, because right. her life <laughs> ended. So, wow. I love it was that. just so E, you know? <laughs> like That is very. <laughs> it's its own E True Hollywood. Right, tale. right. Like, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, that's why they're not relevant anymore, because our culture is now E. Yeah, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God, you're right. I'm just out here making cultural that's, statements. Okay. Wait, that's so <laughs> Hot takes. You mean, so So our culture is the E network? Yeah. yeah. No. No. That's why they don't make money anymore. Right, so we don't need to go there to find out what happened with the queen. No. no. Which is like, or what happened to the Kardashians, the, even, literally. Yeah. We are right. the queen. We are the Kardashians. <laughs> we are the queen. Yes. You guys, I'm so curious as to which way you think I should go this week. So, okay. I was mm. telling Kevin also, this is like the, might be the second to last episode of this experiment. This is huge. Uh, this is, I mean, <sighs> the moment I heard the premise of your podcast, I was speechless because it is so intense. Yeah. It's so intense. It's been so crazy. This is the 42nd week that they've been crowdsourcing my life. But I was like, I want to have one more where they can, like, vote for something. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, the Red Cat Theater at Walt Disney Concert Hall should have your finale. It's art. It's performance art. It's life. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I feel that. You should get a blunt cut. Bob, I, it'll be very oh, art yeah. gallery. Do you know what? I actually was thinking about getting a haircut for this. Very episode. blunt. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's this is this is right, this, this is performance is art. Yeah. This is concepts. Yeah. When when I told you about it, you were like, I can't believe I didn't see this more places. And I was telling Kevin yes. before we started recording, I feel like I should have been like going live and stuff like that when I did this stuff. I mean, but. you know what. Like live on social media. Yeah, just yeah. so people would yeah. know what was going on. That's ju- but that's regrets. just one way you could have done it. Yeah, yeah. And you did. You didn't. You went. The, you know the way you did, and that's right. that's fine. It's I mean, a lot. It's it's. I mean, yeah. No one. I don't see anyone else doing this. Yeah. For good reason. And you. And you. <laughs> I'm well, drained. Yeah. I've got bags under my eyes, Lizzie. No one else is doing this. You I have no money. I now work at Victoria's Secret. That's what. Yes. <laughs> you told me. That's right. We, because I, I saw you a few weeks ago. Yes. And that's when you told me about this. And you, I think you told me about Victoria's Secret before you told me about the podcast. And I was like, huh? Wait, <laughs> what? When did you start doing this? And then on the heels of that, you told me about the podcast. And yeah. I was like, okay. That's actually weirdly, this podcast has been so consuming. I got an ear pierce, a double ear pierce in one of the first episodes. And the other day I was like, oh, I think I can take my earring out. It's been a year, but I just Can I ask you a question about this? <laughs> yes. What did what did you think would happen? <laughs> do you know what I'm yes. saying? Like I thought, honestly, when I you thought first I would tried get to do this. Married. Or something. Like I thought something not really, but like I thought I'd be in a relationship and it would be should I do this or should I move in with this person? I thought I would maybe try to get a a job that was 
possibly a little more challenging or do something with comedy. But the thing is that I realized is, one, it's hard to talk about people in the beginning of dating them mm-hmm. on a podcast yes. right, right away. Right. Like if your fiance had a podcast and had talked about you right after he met you. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> we don't want to hold that mirror up. Right. <laughs> we don't Have you ever talked about somebody I mean... on stage while they're in the audience? Of course. And, yeah. But that's different. But they're... they know they know the, the deal. I once talked about a woman. I talked about uh, a, a sexual, uh, you know. Uh, blooper? A, event. We get blooper, it. You, yeah. We get it. You have sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kevin. Every now and then, your boy has a little bit of You've been sex. waiting to pull this out since the minute this you This is said the that. whole reason I drove over here and did this podcast. You mean someone can know I, can, I had sex? I can tell somebody I had sex, right? Um, but I, it was talking about sort of a, a an interesting, you know, a situation that occurred between me and this woman, and I had forgotten that she was in the audience. Oh no! She was, and, it was, and she um, was sitting like right in the back of the room, but like center, so like straight at me. So you saw her before the show, or you just knew in the back of your mind I, she would be there? I think I did see her before. Like I greeted her real quick, and it was like a newer bit. And yeah, we had to have. But a can you say what happened in the what the joke was? The bit, the premise of the bit was just that it was like it was very rough sex, but without knowing that it was. Well, the idea is that when you have rough sex is can be great, but if you don't know what's coming, it's just terrifying. Oh, for you? Yes. Oh. And, it was, and here's the other thing too. Here's the other thing too. It wasn't just about. It really wasn't about her. It was like a mix of like two different women. You're like, this was happening. Oh, okay. And so where I was just like, oh, this is what we're doing. Like, yeah. you kind of have to, especially when you're a man, because you're also like, well, how, how, what's the line? Right. Obviously, a man who cares. A man. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. So it was right. just sort of. <laughs> I mean, I was like describing this. I, I we had been at some event, and I was wearing a tie, and so this woman was literally strangling me with my own tie, and I was like, "Oh, is this? I didn't know that this was what we were." Can I say something? I am sure. so tame. I'm realizing. Oh, I oh feel yeah. No, sometimes same. when I hear stuff like this, I'm like, "Someone just did that to you?" Yeah. Yeah. Just pulled that out of nowhere. I mean, sometimes it's exciting, but right. it is like, it's just unexpected. That. Okay, I I feel in a weird way that kind of ties into the mushrooms thing because I'm getting the same. I feel like I'm so rigid around certain things. Right. I think we're similar. Like, really? Yeah, maybe. Like, I will do things, but I need someone to give me the green light to do it, and I need it to be set up in a way that, like, I I know (laughs) I'm not gonna like wake up in in a stranger's van. Totally. No, I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think drugs is a whole other world to me because I didn't grow up around drug Mm -hmm. culture as a youth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, definitely with even marijuana being stigmatized. Right. And now my guy works in cannabis. He literally like in his twenties came from working in nightlife. It was a DJ. Like all his aging DJ and (sighs) bar manager friends and host and hostess friends have partied so hard and so I get to hang out with them now and they still kind of party and so I I am starting to kind of see the limits of my comfort and then Mm. and I get to like learn more about like how they think which is interesting to me yeah oh my god I I could go on and you see all the that 
drug inspired jewelry. <laughs> did you? I mean, yes. Wait, actually, <laughs> jewelry. Oh yeah. I feel like drug inspired. Like there's something like a about... tiny, like a tiny spoon on a necklace. Yes. <laughs> oh god. See, I'm I'm in your boat. I'd, I'm, first of all, I've never done any any drugs right. at all. Yeah. Never smoked weed. Nothing. Oh. Okay. And so, so you're I know. pure pure. I'm uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I drink. Uh, like, Cigarettes? like I found the last <laughs> bottle of alcohol. No, I don't smoke. Oh. I mean, when I was a kid, I experimented okay, with it. Okay, so mostly alcohol. But it's just been all out, al- and even that I didn't do until like my last semester of college. And oh, then yeah. I and I was that dating was a bartender. Too. Yeah, that was me too. Yeah, I was just such a good girl. Were we dating the same person? <laughs> <laughs> I just grew up a really good girl, and it was very important to me that I was good. Do you okay. know what I'm saying? Oh, so, wow. so I followed rules. I was like, I don't need it. And I'm like, I'm good, clean, fun. I was still having fun yeah. in right. college. But not really, because I didn't like I went to like Swarthmore College. It was very nerdy. So you no didn't one drink went there until were you writing poetry in college? Yeah, I was. Okay. <laughs> I loved that. We talked about, we talked how about we poetry. Wow. Write poetry. I wrote I wrote I wrote poetry since elementary school, consistently. And then in college was when I realized, oh, oh I can perform gosh. this and get attention. Wait, I don't know why I'm laughing. I wrote Jenny. music lyrics. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. Really? And some poetry, yeah. Yeah, but I was not good. I wasn't. Go- I mean, I wasn't good in the way that you're like the reason you didn't do any like drugs or anything like that. I just was afraid right. of getting caught. I thought you were saying that you weren't good at music. I was. I was. Go- I mean, for my what lyrics I- were shitty. <laughs> my music was real. I mean, some of it probably was very shitty. Yeah. Some of it was probably. I mean, like any I creative. Like hear. some of it's like this is the greatest thing ever, and the rest of it's like this is garbage. Right. But, what you know. what genre? It was R and B, cause I, you oh, know, it was, yeah. yeah. So it was R and B and a little bit of, you know, I used to, I used to rap, so I was right. writing rhymes all the time. Oh, I was that dude in high school, just constantly walking around rapping to himself <laughs> in the hallway. I feel like if you even touch the '90s, you have yes. some level of fascination yes. with hip hop and R and B. Absolutely, and you like thought you could kind of do it. Yes, yeah. I thought I could rap. <laughs> I'd be like, Ooh, I'm too. standing at my locker. Like I like write wow. about ga- raps about guys. And stuff. I did it for extra credit. I rewrote I rewrote raps um, for extra credit at high school. Oh my god, I Jenny, uh, we d- we definitely have some crossover. Yeah, we were both student body president. We we're yes, that's right, student what? body president. Oh, I thought you Wait. were speaking. <laughs> No, literally. We were totally that that type. You guys were literally we the student. Were, yeah. We've got two presidents in the room. And that I is mean, where got, we part ways. Exec, this is an executive branch here. So, really? I feel honored. Yeah, I don't know what branch I was in. I feel like I became good later in life, but when I was 14, I did every bad thing you could do. Except, like, like all I crammed tried. into that year? <laughs> I love it. Like, I got to get all this in. I did everything. Or else it'll go on my permanent record. <laughs> Like, I started experimenting with guys. I remember my sister was like, you're never going to be, you realize you're never going to be able to be president of the United States. I was dating a guy who was a high school dropout, but had his GED. He was 18 years old. I was 14. Uh Well, that's struggle. Yeah, Yeah, I got. Well, okay, but so he's a a senior and you're like a freshman. Yes. I started smoking cigarettes Mm. and my friends were into inhaling Scotchgard. Wow. Which was <laughs> very specific. I have not heard that. I really. thought it was going to stop at scotch, and then I had questions. I was like, you know, no. you could just drink it, though. It was like it was like a year of my life. My friends were like, we take Vibrin now. We, like, we'd, we'd, we'd go like this in, in school. We'd hold up our fingers like a V and be like, meet me in the hallway, and let's do Vibrin. God, you guys thought you were so cool. Like, that is a thing that... 
when you're holding up the two fingers and that you have a code for that, <laughs> yeah, you think you like, are the coolest. The coolest. <laughs> oh man, I know that feeling. Like we are so yes. badass, aren't we? And we right. have secrets. Yeah. We have secret yes. hand signals. Meanwhile, ironically, Viverin, a medicine, the most uncool. It, wasn't it the slogan like "Revive with Viverin"? Yeah. Like, isn't it supposed to? It's an upper, right? Yeah. For yeah. tired folks. It's yeah. For people who need to study, I think. Yeah. Wow. So I did have like a bad streak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What but snapped I, you out of it though? I stopped smoking when my mom got sick from smoking mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. Right. Mm. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. And I remember I was smoking and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to go see my mom in the hospital right now. And I smell like what she's, what's right, killing right. her. Oh, God. So I quit smoking when my mom was sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that was kind of a turning point for me. You don't have a, when your parent dies, I don't know if, You've had this experience, but there's no barrier between you and death anymore. Yeah, I I mean, I've not I I think about this a lot and I haven't lost, you know, both of my parents are thankfully still with us. But yeah, I, I think a lot about how it will feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I heard, uh, I remember Paul F. Tompkins talking about losing his I believe it was his mom. Maybe it was both his parents. And he thought you realize you are truly alone. Yes. And I was like, that's a, that's kind of profound. And, yes, because you know, they're your tether. They are where you can go in the worst yeah. of, I've even had times where I'm like, te- like I had a health scare, well, we were talking about this mm-hmm. in the thing. I had a health scare, uh, like early pandemic, which just turned out to be, I was, uh, I eat. I have disgusting eating habits, <laughs> but um, but I thought it was worse. And I remember thinking like, oh, ultimately the only source of safety was my parents yeah you know and so so yeah that's gotta I also feel like I should say I wasn't like out of control until my mom died like Mm -hmm. I feel like that was just when I was in my early teen years I got it I got mixed in with a friend group she's trying to clean it up she's trying to clean it up yeah okay okay but the mushrooms thing for me it's just recently people have been like no microdosing is really it's supposed to be so I actually did some research on it and it's supposed to help with like depression and anxiety mm-hmm. people can solve more complicated math problems when they're microdosing apparently are you doing a lot of math yes I've, I've got math? math up to my <laughs> ears right now just checking I'm drowning <laughs> literally literally sitting here with my chin in my hand like mm. Interesting. Interesting. I'm trying to work at H&R Block for the next episode. But that's a great example of, like, when there's, like, new things, the claims they make to sell it are often things we really don't need. Like, honestly, like, are you doing all of that? Do you need that? That is so true. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. I I feel like letting go of some of my rigidity around Mm. it of going, I don't, I mean, I never partake, I mean, I take edibles, like, when I can't sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've actually had an experience once where I was like, as a treat, I'm going to walk around the reservoir. I'm going to, like, take an edible and walk around the Silver Lake Reservoir. And it didn't take take effect until I was driving home <laughs> on the freeway, on the 110 that, that has the classic. shortest ramps in the world. And suddenly I was like, I am so high. I am so high. I am so high. This is a short film. <laughs> yeah. It is. Someone told me the guy who created the 110 freeway committed suicide. <laughs> 
Stop it. No, <laughs> that is a joke. Really that laughing, has sir. to be a joke. That is a very LA reference. I hope it's, people who listen understand this. It has the shortest entrance ramps, and I guess he felt so bad that he screwed up That's the design. No, he That's did not. not. That's, That's not why he. I studied urban planning at UCLA. Did you? And I specifically, and I lived off of the 110 for many years, and I 100% know that it is a death trap. Like, going yeah. on the freeway at the yes. 110 right. feels like you're doing double dutch with your life. Like, you're yeah. just like, okay, <laughs> well, are we, yeah. am I, is this it? You have to go from zero to, to 70. Yeah. But anyway, it's um, it's just that way because um, they, it's one of the first freeways, like, west of the Mississippi around, I forgot what era, and this is, like, you know, streetcar era. So like it was like slow like Model oh T type God. cars that were driving down that thing, and so it was made for that. Mm. It just wasn't made for like high speed oh. cars. That's <laughs> so he never All even those. lived to I see the know. Tesla. This I'm gonna guy. look that up. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> I, I believe he committed suicide. I just don't know really? if it's because of the yeah. the mm. on and off ramps of yeah. the. I was sitting there. Thing. I was on the. I was talking to Eddie Pepitone. And I was like, I can't go. I can't go. And he's like, Just go. Just find a space and go. And like cars. You're trying me, to like, merge. Because it's a, there's on a ramp stop is so sign. short, and I they know. have stop signs at the at the on ramp. I know, I know. So I'm just sitting there. Technically, it's not Wait. a free, it's it's not a freeway or a highway. They call it a parkway to be accurate. Oh. So it's actually not a high speed freeway. That's what. Oh, that reminds me of the secret where the guy's like, I and they call it a, or no, he calls it a car park. Do you ever watch the secret where the guy goes? And now when I go to the car park, I immediately get a spot <laughs> if I just visualize <laughs> I'm at the car park. I, mean, or I do always when I get on, I I think. Next time I might not be so lucky, and then I just have to drive and, and you know. All and this get home. to say, I don't know. I feel like I need to microdose. I don't think I could go all the way. With it. Yeah. So you are, um, are you are, your proclivity is to yes. try it. Is to try it to, to try, try microdosing. Yes. And, but you, but the audience is still going to make the call for you. They're still going to make the call. And, yes. the, and the other well, option. And the other option is incorporating an element of magic into my comedy act. <laughs> oh boy. And I actually have someone already who I spoke to this morning who said that she will help me, and I have an idea for it as well. I feel like, you, can you do both? Is there an option in this game to do both? No. Do Are you good at decisions? <laughs> no. In your own life? You know what? I make decisions, but I probably make the wrong ones. That's okay, though. But it's more about your, you saying <clears throat> that is revealing to me that you don't believe you're good at making your decisions. Right. That you don't yes. believe that you're good at making decisions. I have regrets. Does that, <gasps> quote, does that hinder your decision making, though? Does that, I mean, I get that you can have, but I'm saying, does that make you indecisive? The regret? No, knowing, well, having this feeling like I'm bad at decision making. So does that make you, when you come to a decision, are you like, oh, shit, I'm going to choose wrong again? You know again? what? Or, I will say it comes just... up a lot with dating where I go, yeah, this is not. And then friends go, just give him a chance. Uh, and then uh, I listen to people and then I regret it. Oh, God. No, too. You know, when you know, you know. I know. I need to. And then, but that yeah. you just repeated the same, like, feeling and consequence of this whole entire thing. Like, that's right. what you said was what happened after you tried this podcast. Oh, wow. Where you're like, oh, and then now it's ruined my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's enhanced it in some ways. I'm also doing like, I'm like, I'm also doing tarot readings now. <laughs> but but that, is, that has been kind of a, an amazing development. It's been. Okay. It's taken your life in a new direction. In a new direction. Mm -hmm. For this, what I like about the magic 
adding the element of magic. So I actually like both of the paths for yeah. this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you ever try mushrooms? Is that something that you would? Do you have like a hard? Is I, that a hard line? To I I might, but I mean, I haven't not done anything yet. I don't. <laughs> no, I also worry like, well, at this point in my life trying anything like even trying weed i'm like how what's that gonna do to me i it, i know i sound crazy saying this but i mean just knowing who i am now mentally and emotionally it might be that shit might have sailed how so if that i don't i, it's, I was having a talk with somebody um about the in san francisco actually who she was like i think i just could see like suddenly it making me very depressed or like all the negative things. Oh, I see. I see. I feel like and maybe that's not we were it was mm. she was talking to two two of us and one guy is a little more like depressed and and so she, she I think she was want, really she sort of talking to, to him smoke but her weed was what's <laughs> highly like I mean but She's it's like, like what if you just like, tried like, one hit? You know I could I could do. I mean, I Are you afraid like, of being addicted? Mm. Ooh, I like your peer pressure there. Jenny, what if you just try one hit? I know, right? Wow, <laughs> I like that. In the room. But no, I mean, yeah. No, this is I, Kevin's version of, of the one town. It's starting at zero and going <laughs> to 70 miles per hour. We want to start you off with mushrooms, Kevin. I think um, if I tried mushrooms, I would just end up on the 110 and not know how I got there. Right. Um, no, I, I don't. I'm a person that sometimes does not know when to stop. Ah. Uh. Doing yeah. shit. Really? And I think sometimes. So I, think that's, just, I think that's a definition of addiction. I mean, I guess that is addiction. You're like, I don't know when to stop are. organizing. It's all positive things for Kevin. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing anything. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. No, but I, I mean, it's, it's, it's that thing where I go, where I'm not thinking about it and going, oh, I'm doing too much of this. I have to stop. But it takes me a long time to. It's like when we were talking about the way we were eating at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. Oh. Not, re not really thinking about it and then being like, oh, Oh, I have to put these down. Uh -huh. Jenny, I'd and be I, like, you know. I've never made brownies before. And then I would just eat the whole thing. I just didn't yeah. know. Yeah. We were I was alone in a cave, yeah. it felt like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wolf. Sensory deprivation, just yes. things weird shit happens. Yeah, I've tried mushrooms only once, tiny dose. And just to try it, it was at a party. And um I tried it, it was literally like like the tip of my fingernail. And I chewed on it, and I did within maybe fifteen to twenty feel like a slight lightness, mm. just slight, just yeah. a little euphoric, just a little. Things are just a little more bright, the lines are sharper. Mm. That's the best way I would describe it. And then that only lasted for maybe an hour. Let's try some mushrooms right now. Does I mean, we could, but, but I'm saying that small amount to me felt doable, even though I had never okay. done it before. I've never mm -hmm. done anything else other than marijuana and weed and then smoking clove cigarettes. <laughs> and Why? Did you... I think now, I did clove when I was a kid. In the Boy Scouts. That's, oh, really? where, I, that's where I but took I on smoking. Yeah. So that's why I think microdosing, I do believe the benefits of microdosing. Okay. Um, psilocybin. I just think it's like... I love that you know it's called psilocybin. Yeah. It sounds like Regis Philbin. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> but I'm just saying, being around drug culture people, that's yeah. a whole other thing. Like, now that you've opened up the conversation, they're going to come out of the woodwork because they get yeah, excited. They okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when CrossFit first happened, it's like they want to proselytize. Right, right. right. Do you know what I mean? Especially when they know you haven't done it. 
I recently, <laughs> I recently hung out with my friend Wendy, who's a weed chef, and it came up, obviously. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, mushrooms, man. Like, and she was just like, she, and then it got so focused on me, like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I just had it that one time, but I haven't really tried. It's like, oh, man, Jenny, you know, like, you just, like, really need, a, like, just a good guide that you trust to, like, give you a good first experience. I'm like, bro, you sound like every lesbian I met in <laughs> college. <laughs> like, this is yeah. how every drug person sounds to me. Right. <laughs> because they get excited and they're like, I want to take you on the journey, you yeah. know? That is I, so, I have to say also, in college, I guess I did take mushrooms, but they had no effect, but it was on pizza. And to this day, I've been like, was that just mushroom pizza? <laughs> like maybe you just ordered mushroom pizza from Domino's. Because I remember my friends and I were like, we didn't feel anything. So I think that it wasn't. Wait. Someone tricked you. <laughs> What? Gullible Except one student. person was kind of pretending they saw things like, whoa, this is great. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. No, we just had dominoes. Oh, wow. We did not have <laughs> You're like, bitch, that was a placebo. Yeah, what that are you was doing? a placebo. That's amazing. <laughs> that was delivered in less than 30 minutes to our home. Yeah, I think the decision to do mushrooms means that you open yourself up to like having this conversation over and over again okay. with drug mm-hmm. people. Oh my goodness! I can't believe you're now in this world. And has has the relationship with the, your new drug adjacent friends? Do you think it's loosened you up a little bit around it? No, I think um, it's like politically. I always, you know, knew that drugs were okay for the most part, especially certain types of drugs. But like in lifestyle, no, mm. no. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you're like, uh, uh-uh, no. Like, <laughs> No, guys. Absolutely. I don't need to. I don't need to partake. You know what I mean. It almost does. It almost make you not want to do it more. Well, I know that you know when I did hang out with comedians. Sometimes you know if they were doing coke or whatever, I didn't like it because I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like the the logic of socializing under drugs is just different. And if you're not partaking in it, then you're not having fun. And I just don't need to do it to have fun, which is weird. So like. So, but which right. is not to say I'm not going to try some of this stuff at some point, you know, but it's yeah. just like, I got other shit to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anytime someone's tried like Coke in front of me, it blows my mind because, <laughs> because I've always been so far removed from it. So I'm watching it like, like a tourist come to Hollywood. Like, this is just like in the movies. I remember be, <laughs> like being at a friend's house. Oh, I was crashing there. This is like my early San Francisco comedy days, and I was crashing at this woman's house, and her roommate came home with this big old bag of Coke and threw it down on the table to, you know, to do some in front of me, and then offered me some. And I was like, Are you kidding me? What? Uh, and I was like, No, no, it's cool. But it blew my mind. I was like, It's real. The stories are real. There is cocaine, and here it. It was just. It was so weird to me. Are we? That, are, are we just oh, sheltered? Actually, yeah. I feel like yeah, someone yeah, yeah, can yeah. listen to this conversation and be like, "What's right. wrong with these?" I people? sound crazy right now. But like, it's it just. It's it's definitely like. Mm. I don't know if it's internalized anti-drug culture, but like, I don't need it. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Generally, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I don't know if that's like. It's like the way we are have you internalized. Curious, though? I am. I am. That's how I feel too. Sometimes I feel like doing drugs is me saying I can't get there on my own, and that I don't have the potential for it to happen. It's it's like I'm. It's an insult to my natural imagination. Yeah. But you can get there on your own, and every person, I believe, every creative person may have. I mean, the first time I ever did stand up, 
I told myself I should have a drink before I get up there and do this. Oh. And then I didn't because at the time uh, I had a cold. You're like, because it was a coffee and, shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't get Because it was a grocery store and we couldn't. Um, but but uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, I have this cold. And boy, it was a different time when you had a cold and you just went out right, with right. one. Um, but I was like, oh, I won't. That, that'll make me feel more shitty if I you know, do that. And so I didn't. And then it, it went fine. It was it was great. And so I sort of mm. took that away as, oh, this is a crutch. That's I a need blessing, to, to I do think. that. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the magic. Yeah. Okay. As well. Yeah. Would you, uh, what, what are your feelings toward magic in general? It. You I love it. I do enjoy watching magic happen. <laughs> I don't I seek, mean. I don't seek it out, but I do enjoy it yeah. when it's in front you of do? me. You do? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think it would be fun to have one element of your act where just something, a bird flies out or something, and then you just keep going? Like, I just <laughs> well, like, yes, yes, absolutely. No, well, here's the thing: I'm writing no the joke around it. it. No one's doing it. I mean, who's doing it? Right, right. Other than the magicians. So if you're a, a comedian, right, and you introduce a magic element, no one's thinking about that. I, I mean, so I'm really it would excited be fresh. about it. Okay. If it's fresh. out of the blue, if it's out of the blue. Yes. I mean, there are like you know your amazing Jonathans and those you know yes. who do this, but like the idea of incorporating a magic trick. <laughs> And it just sort of comes out of the blue, and it's and the audience is thrown off. I think that's now. Can might... you say that? I don't know. Oh well, I don't oh, think you should tell oh, everybody. I you shouldn't wanna... tell them. Okay. No. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Like, okay, I'm just gonna be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the thing that keeps me from seeking out magic <laughs> is the reason why some like is the reason why um, I don't seek out horror movies. I don't like mm. to choose negative feelings because sometimes magic scares me. Mm. Wow! Do you know what I mean? Because yes. it's a little spooky. Like even though, even though I know that like it's be, it's some kind of logistical trick, probably there is something about <laughs> it that pro- makes me. I am one of those people who will run in a circle after I see. something. You don't want just a hawk sp- to appear before your eyes. Yeah, like oh, it's, I want that. I mean, no, I do. Like I do in concept, but I know that my my little like reptilian nervous system will freak out right. a little bit. You All know the, what I mean? Yes. Right. I mean. Yes, on stage I want a hawk to just appear out of nowhere. Kevin, in this room, like if a hawk just do... showed up, I would be, t- I would run right out of here, and that would be it. You'd you hear need my car to do mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, sounds like, Kevin's like, I want like a hawk. It sounds like this is the same choice: <laughs> adding magic to your life or adding microdosing. Now, can yes. the hawk bring me mushrooms? Yeah. that's what I. That's what I want. I I like to be scared, and I like to be kind of caught yeah. off guard, and so um, I. But I don't really seek out magic. I just when it's there, I'm like I'm listening. Yeah. So, Here's the other thing yeah. that my friend was telling me. She was like, if you have magic in your act, you can do corporates. Well, yeah, because it's because it's apolitical. <laughs> like magic is just spectacle. They think. Yeah. How yeah. much so magic are you so thinking true. Of, of putting into the? That act? is so funny. Political magic. That would be hilarious. Because people think of magic as like anything from balloon <clears throat> art, right. clown children's parties to, you know what I mean? To yes. like David Blaine. And it's like, it's just spectacle to most people. But if you did right. like political magic, that'd be kind of funny. Oh my God. Because they think it's completely safe. It's like <laughs> just your crowd oh getting more polarized throughout the show but while you're doing these like oh dazzling God. tricks. And they're like, wait, wait it's a, a major what's he, what's statement. I bring out a gun, but it shoots a flower. <laughs> yeah. 
so satirical. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How much so. magic, though, are we talking about putting in the act? I'm talking about one, starting with one element and see how it feels. Right. The I'm secret gonna, one you just told us. The secret okay. one I told oh, I you. I love that. I'm going to add that. Try it out as a closer. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a show I'm opening for. I'm opening for someone named A.J. Lambert this week. Mm-hmm. There are two different dates in March. And I was thinking it would be so fun to have some crazy new closer. Because in stand-up, be it's fun. like you you switch it out. Right, right. right. Or you start to realize when your closer starts to feel canned. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just not working anymore because right. right. I'm sick of it. Yeah. And yeah. they can see in my eyes yeah. the self-hatred when I'm saying There's so much to be said for just trying on the big new thing just putting that there in the act and yeah. and like it it reminds you oh this is why i do this yes it sounds like you're you you're more excited about trying the magic mm-hmm. i see it in your eyes yeah you should just do it i think i'm i'm leaning toward you're that. leaning toward magic so if I you am to choose now. okay magic seems more exciting to i feel like microdosing if you had never done any if it was me right. and um, it was like the option of my it would be like that would be a but as someone who has done, as you are someone who's done drugs before. Scotchgard, to be specific. The, as, yeah, as, <laughs> someone as, who's inhaled something that you. clearly says do not inhale. Yeah. Household items. Yeah. As someone who has smoked, snorted scotch. Um, as someone who drank shoe polish for breakfast. Right. I, I think. <laughs> yeah. I look at household supplies. I get excited about cleaning. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. So. And I'm like, the eagle has landed. <laughs> Sure. I'm leaning on the side of of you doing the magic. Okay. I just realized yeah. why I love the magic so much, and it's because I'm such a Potter head. <gasps> you are. Oh. Yeah. I really love genre stuff and and all that Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, yeah. And also, I used to. There was a time. Um, I think I was just bored, and I had moved back and home with my parents. I was probably just out of college, and I was. I decided I'm going to learn a card trick a day. Oh, and I every day I would learn a new card trick, but I would practice the one I'd learned the day before that, and so it was just sort of this rolling thing, so that the idea was in a matter of weeks or months or whatever I would know all these card tricks. You're like, such so a good student. It lasted about three weeks, but that's still. And really then good. I don't even know where I put and the cards. And how old were you? I was probably like uh, twenty-two or something oh, like that. Cool. Twenty. Yeah, wow. I, I Did don't you like wanna, that. Oh, I felt a little okay. judgment there, like, oh, cool. Oh, no, I thought I was Ooh, picturing cool. you as a kid, and then, no, then no, no, I was no, like, no. oh, what? You could have worked at a, at a casino as a child or something. Like, you just go up I think that's what I was going like for. Kid dealer I know what I'll do. And I'll just, once, you know. me, once men develop hair, it just, right. things are just less delightful. <laughs> <laughs> things are just that less quirky. That is so true. Like, you know, beard, facial hair. Oh, my God. You're right. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Shit becomes threatening. The hair You're covers right. up the innocent. <laughs> yeah. People, people are looking at me like, put those cards down. Yeah. Put those cards down. This is not pleasant. It's not fun. Sir, back away. So both Sir. of you are going magic for this. And yeah. you believe yeah. the I think listeners. I came around okay. to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're also talking to two people who aren't into drug culture. Too. But I'm curious about the. I feel like it would be. I think it. 
could be a nice experience for you to microdose. Yeah, I but do I do too. I'm just like I think the magic would be yeah. I think you had us hooked oh. with the trick. I think the trick is what would, that would be. Really, okay. We want to yeah. see that. Okay, before we go, is there anything you want to plug or where can people find you, Jenny? <gasps> they can find me at jennyyang.tv. I'm always on Instagram and Twitter, maybe TikTok at some point. I don't know, guys. Uh. Mm. Uh, who knows? Um at jennyyangtv. That's my handle. Excellent. Um and they should I'm going to be doing a lot of shows in LA, especially if you're in LA. Come Please go see Jenny, she's so talented. I'm just trying things out, you know what I mean? Just trying to know. Yes. Just trying to live. Kevin, yeah. how about you? Anything? Um, you could find me at, uh, on, on what is it? Instagram. You're like, you can find me on Mushrooms. Yeah, I'll be on Mushrooms <laughs> on the 110 doing magic. I'll be sitting on the, uh, <clears throat> That's <laughs> waiting to merge on Mushrooms. <laughs> That's why I have to leave right now. I got to go get my Mushrooms, <laughs> sit on the freeway, do some magic. Um, uh, Kevin Avery. Uh, com- Kevin Avery Comedy on Instagram. Right. Um, and you can watch The Great North uh, Sundays on Fox at 8.30. And what's your character on that show again? Um, I occasionally play a guy named Jarvis Dufresne. And uh, our own Jenny Yang has been on the show what? before. I can't believe That's I didn't right. say this up top. It's okay. I play, yeah, I play a right. character named Carissa. Wait, really? Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Amazing. Woo! We did it. Thank you again to my guests, Kevin, Avery, and Jenny Yang. Also, after we recorded, I realized who told me that about the 110 freeway. It was Ever Maynard on this show. Um, I, I love that we've given so much attention to the 110 freeway on In Your Hands. Also, I have a new Patreon member, a new Cooper maniac, Beck. We're so happy to have you. Welcome aboard. Okay, now I am going to macrodose the future. First, I'm going to draw a card from Magic Mushrooms. Oh, wow. The strength card from Magic Mushrooms. This is, it's a picture of a woman. Um, She's wearing like a white gown and she is taming a lion, but without effort. It's like a nice relationship with one's wild side, and it's like a high level of spiritual energy. So I see that as being kind of a nice experience with or without a lion present. Okay, and now let's draw a card for Magic Act. Oh, interesting. Seven of Wands. Um, the the What I normally point out about this card is the guy is wearing two different shoes because it's really been a bit of an uphill battle. So what I'm going to say for Magic Act, it might end up being worth it, but it's going to take a little bit more work than I initially considered, perhaps. Um, Seven of Wands, lo- look up the picture. The guide is not. <laughs> Nothing's coming easy is what I'm going to say, but that might just, you know, cause me to have even more respect for magicians. Okay. If you want to see me this week, I'm going to be at Harvard and Stone opening for A.J. Lambert. Um, I believe I mentioned this in the guest segment, March 7th and also on the 28th. Also, I'll be at Ono Vino on March 11th, and hopefully I'll have some more dates coming up. And I'm still doing tarot readings. Please get one. LizzieCooperman.com. And, you know, get a sense of March. How is it all going to unfold? And, again, leaving that message for the show. 323 323- 389-5156. Speak slowly and clearly. 
or email a voice memo to lizzycooperman at gmail.com. I'll be posting some bonus clips on the Patreon. And now I ask you, magic mushrooms or magic act? The choice is in this very moment in your hands.